Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually with podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff. You can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com or the Access More app image doesn't equal reality. I mean, if everyone knew who saw that toothpaste commercial, our toilet was plugged up every morning from her vomit, but she was so beautiful externally, Mm. so sick. And I wanted to rescue her then. I think that's what led me to the ministry that I have now is I wanted to, I wanted to help these girls. But what happened, Wendy, in answer to your question about the darkness is I got sucked in. Fitness and wellness expert, naturopath, and adventure enthusiast, Wendy Peck. And my husband, Todd Isburner. He's a fundraising guru, men's mentor, and Bible scholar. And as a couple, we're going to share riveting breakthrough stories from our guests who've experienced the meaning of a changed life. Our hope is that you will be inspired, equipped, and entertained along your own life journey. So lean in, listen well. This could be your biggest breakthrough. Hey there, and welcome to Your Biggest Breakthrough. I'm Todd Isburner. And I'm Wendy Pett, and we are so excited about the show today. Um, I have to ask you, do Mm -hmm. you avoid the mirror like a plague? No, no, you Uh, don't. But do you, mm -hmm. listening, do you avoid the mirror like a plague? Or if you do look into the mirror, do you like the reflection that you see? So often men and women, but women especially, only see themselves through their own eyes rather than through the eyes of their heavenly father. Mm. Yeah. You know, uh, be honest with you, when I look in the mirror, uh, yeah, I kind of like what I see. In there, right? <laughs> of course <laughs> you sorry, do. But <laughs> what is it with you guys and mirrors? We don't really care around? that much. That's why. <laughs> no, you do. You're yeah. like, Hey, look. <laughs> Actually on a serious note, sir, really, there are lots and lots of people who struggle in this whole department of self-love and self-worth and I mean, worthiness altogether. And I think it's distinguishing who we are in Christ and, um, and not how others see us, but how he sees us. That's what's really vital to accepting who you are and, and then just not worrying about what others think because you know your true identity. So true. Well, our guest is um, Jennifer Strickland, and she is going to be sharing with you all uh, about how beauty is more than skin deep, and she's going to share with you about how you are more. She uh, was a high-end, high-paid, high uh, fashion, let me just say hi, 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 high paid, high end fashion model working yeah. all around the world, even in Milan for designers such as um, Giorgio Armani and other well-known um, designers, uh, high-end designers. And she's been on the, uh, gosh, in, in Cosmo and, and Glamour and all these magazines. Wasn't she Barbie? Well, she was actually. I'm sorry, she was but Barbie. I had to say that. Yeah. So welcome to the show, Barbie. <laughs> I mean, Jennifer, <laughs> we're so glad you're here. There she is. There's Barbie. No, that is Miss Jennifer Strickland. Thank you so much for joining us on your biggest breakthrough. Thank you so much, Wendy. I think you could have been Barbie, Wendy. Oh, really? <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Sometimes they still call her that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> are you Ken? Yeah. I'm definitely not Ken. Okay. <laughs> oh, Jennifer, we are so excited that you're here. And you are so much more than 
than the model uh, that we introduced you as because that was uh, year your years prior to um, to your big conversion and all that. And we're going to talk about that. But you have actually a bachelor's uh, in journalism and a master's in writing and and mainly in biblical studies. Correct. That's right. That's right. I actually took the money that I made modeling and went back to school and got my master's degree because I wanted to write a book. And so that's kind of how I ended up with that. So I love it. I love it. Well, what we like to do on your biggest breakthrough is really tap into your biggest breakthrough. And first we start with the one that is the most important in our opinion. Uh, and I think uh, in, in everyone's opinion uh, about your breakthrough with uh, your faith and with the Lord. Can we go back and kind of talk a little bit about who Jennifer was and, and, and how God worked in your life and how you are um, where you are today. Absolutely. It's kind of an amazing story. It even amazes me really. I uh, wasn't raised in a, in a Christian family, definitely a good moral family, but uh, we didn't attend church or uh, pray together and didn't have a distinguished faith. So I was very spiritually minded. I was studying Zen Buddhism and tarot cards and all the Eastern religions looking for something. And I didn't find it. And I, at 17 years old, I moved over to Europe uh, on a modeling contract. I'm I'm six feet tall. That's the difference between me and you, Wendy. <laughs> you are. You are a tall drink of water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was six feet by the time I graduated high school and they were like, okay, so they, I signed a contract and went over there and, and for the next five years, I worked over in Europe and Paris and Milan and Germany, Australia and so forth and uh, attended college at the same time in Los Angeles and worked in Hollywood and I graduated from college and honestly, that was the beginning of things sort of going downhill for me in the modeling industry, because I was always able to come back home and be graded like by getting an A on my paper. Like I was a journalism major writer. And so I felt that college gave me this balance, you know, uh, with the modeling industry, which was all appearance based. And I knew it and we all knew it and we signed up to do it. Um, but after I graduated from college, I went off to Milan to do the runway because it was the first time I could do the runway since uh, it's in the fall and the spring season during school. So I was considered an older model at like 21, 22. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, starved myself for the runway absolutely had to become anorexic that's how i landed the barbie job that's how i landed the giorgio armani uh jobs and wow. i like made it to this level in the fashion industry working with armani that i felt uh i i was really being successful i guess in the world's eyes over in italy particularly and I had an agent in New York waiting for me and all this stuff. So I, using drugs, starving myself, um, taken advantage of uh, by particularly the men in the modeling industry. Of course, I had been in the industry since I was eight years old, mm -hmm. since I was a little girl. Mm -hmm. So it was really the only road I ever knew. 
is from a child, people told my mother she should be a model. And I was very photogenic. So, you know, look better in pictures than I did in real life always. Instagram pages. It was like back then we didn't have filters, people. But um <laughs> but anyway, uh I hit a rock bottom over in Europe after doing the Armani shows. Um depression. Uh, thoughts of suicide. It sounds, it sounds counterintuitive when I describe my career, but I was very lonely. I was brokenhearted. I was using drugs and alcohol. I was starving and I was sick. And that, I think that I, the depression uh, led me to have very intense suicidal thoughts and sort of an attempted suicide. I don't think I would have ever really done it. But the not the next day after trying to drown myself in my bathtub in in my uh, mm. apartment, I decided not to go to my interviews that day and to I literally ignored my agent's phone calls and you have to be meet this important photographer. I didn't want to meet another important photographer. I didn't want to meet another person who was going to analyze my appearance and point out my flaws and tell me that, you know, they want someone bodacious when I become flat chested or I shouldn't have lost so much weight or you're too skinny or you're too big or you're, you know, your hair is this or that, or your nose wrinkles when you smile or you have bruises on your legs. I mean, I just was so tired of all of that. And I was breaking out in, terrible cystic acne from the hormonal thing going on in my body. So I was very ashamed. It's brutal in the modeling industry to show up for a job broken out. Um, again, that we didn't touch up photos back then the way that they do so easily now. So, uh, so I was just really struggling and, and I met some people that day in a park. I went for a walk down at the river Danube in, in uh, Munich, Germany. And I met some people in a park and they were handing out Bibles in the park Wow! and they gave me a Bible and the rest is history. The rest is history. Well, I want to tap into that a little bit more, Jennifer. Like I know you, you're my friend. I love you dearly. And I've had you on uh, my visibly fit TV show. So I know your story. Um, but I want to dive in a little bit deeper into the dark before we head into the light, if that's okay. Because I believe that in this day and time, especially of social media and, and Instagram worthy and all of that, that there are a lot of lonely, uh, not just girls, but even some some boys out there, some lonely, young, and maybe even older people that are trying to be this thing that they are not. They're trying to um, um, just to fit the description and the approval of, of others. So can you talk on that for just a little bit? Yeah, I was going to say too, I mean, you, you were surrounded by a culture that helped mm -hmm. wire your brain from a, from a young age on. Right. And, and then when you were over in Europe and you're going through anorexia and the other things you did, I'm guessing you weren't alone. I'm guessing within your culture and that circle of influence, a lot of that was happening. So maybe it didn't seem so crazy abnormal to you. Oh, no. I mean, I remember being 18 years old and and living in Paris and, you know, with like a Calvin Klein model, you know, million dollar contract when she was 14 years old. And wow. um, by the time she was 18, she was curvy. It, you know, she was Brazilian. 
And she hated that. And she was trying to get rid of that. And uh, she, she would go on these pineapple diets and other girls would go on cabbage diets and other girls would only eat like burgers and fries and like stay so thin or only chocolate or only spinach. I mean, just really bizarre. Yeah. And I didn't have an eating disorder in those days. I was pretty naturally thin, but I lived with also a bulimic girl, I had bulimic roommate in Australia who was uh, on a national toothpaste commercial the year that I lived with her. And so I learned by living with these girls that what you see on the screen and in the image is often, most often, not true to life. And so image doesn't equal reality. I mean, if everyone knew who saw that toothpaste commercial that, you know, our toilet was plugged up every morning from her vomit. Heartbreaking. They, but she was so beautiful externally, mm-hmm. but she was so sick and I wanted to rescue her then. I think that's what led me to the ministry that I have now is I wanted to, I wanted to help these girls. But what happened, Wendy, in answer to your question about the darkness is I got sucked in, Yes, right. especially when I didn't have a plane ticket home to go back to school, to go to class, to be a normal girl mm-hmm. who could wear like overalls and Birkenstocks to class and no makeup. <laughs> But I was immersed completely in the business and my whole life revolved around, you know, the next shows in Paris or Harper's Bazaars putting you on the cover of this or there's dressing you in their clothes. And that it was getting darker and darker. I mean, the the photographers probably maybe 80, 80 percent of them were decent people. Mm-hmm. But it was those 20% that absolutely like destroyed my self-worth mm-hmm. and taught me that I was never enough or the lies that I began believing I was, I was never going to be enough that I had to be from a very young age that I had to be sexual mm-hmm. um, or sensual to be beautiful and to be attractive that that started when I was 10. Right. You know, industry is almost kind of, um, you're kind of groomed for that, if you will. Um, from what, I mean, an outsider looking in, but I even think that again, when I'm going to social media and seeing some of these young girls, it's almost like a grooming of sorts because they're Mm. not maybe there in person with their friends doing this, but they're seeing it everywhere on, on social media that they think that that's what they have to become. So it's very similar, but on, um, but not, I mean, they're not, they don't have to go to uh, Milan to, to experience that it's right there in their own home there. They feel lonely and they're seeing these images and like, Oh my goodness, I have to be like this in order to be accepted and, and for others to see me as beautiful. And it's so not yeah. true. And they'll never measure up. I mean, the mirror is a liar. The mirror is a bad friend. The screen is a liar. The screen is a bad friend. Mm. And, you know, one day it approves of you and the next day it doesn't. Mm-hmm. One day you love, you love what you see in the mirror. The next day you don't, you know, and the same with the same with the screen. And it's, it's a roller coaster ride of approval and eating disorders are particularly anorexia is a disease of approval. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's probably the real sickness that I had is that I had to be approved of by the people in the modeling industry in order to feel worthy or, or, and even though, even though I had it, I had a degree, I had a brain, I knew I had a brain, I knew I had gifts, 
but they were so stifled in that business because usually too, they weren't, people didn't speak to me much in English. Also, I worked mostly in Europe and some, some designers and some people, but overall you're accepted and rejected totally based on your photos. Exactly what you see in Instagram. It's very interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, In fact, my book, Girl Perfect came out the week before the iPhone selfie became a thing. Wow. Yeah. And it, you know, I had no idea what was going to be coming, but what I knew is, is, is what even the Bible says is that those who fix their eyes on images of man, their hearts become filled with darkness. Mm. And my heart became filled with darkness. And that is why that is one reason why all of these girls are struggling. They will never be satisfied. There will never be enough likes. There will never be enough popularity. It doesn't fill the soul. It doesn't bring true fulfillment. It's such an illusion. And it's really sad how much time and energy these girls spend on editing their photos and posting and choosing their pictures. I mean, I have a teenage daughter. I know I see what these girls do. And, um, it will never bring true satisfaction. Mm. So what's at the root? What's at the root of all of that, Jennifer? What, because that's what you're talking about. I think is pretty common across the board. Certainly exaggerated in the modeling industry, but uh, j- just with everyone who looks in the mirror and wants acceptance, or is in a, a situation where they're feeling judged by others and not not receiving their approval. What is it inside of us that what's the root cause of, of thinking that we have to have our identity wrapped up in, in how we look or how we act or, or how we present ourselves? Well, the root is a desire to be loved and, and our, our, our desire to be loved and, and approved of loved unconditionally, you know, agape love, the kind of love that is unconditional, whether we behave well or not, whether we are size four or size 14. And so one of the things that happens, especially with girls, is the picture of what it is to be loved as we grow up is, is sort of an unequal equation to the unconditional love of God. It's, it's very conditional. We're raised with the Cinderella and the princesses and they're, they're loved when the prince comes. They're loved when a man gives them value. I mean, that is, that is what we're first taught from the very youngest age Mm -hmm. is that, and when the man comes, see, first we're dressed in rags. First we're lost and we're wandering and we're confused and purposeless. We're like Ariel swimming in the sea. You know, we're Cinderella mopping the, the decks and not having any value, right? Until the prince comes and then we have the gown and then we have the crown and then we're going to the castle. So as, as little girls, we learn that the man will give us value and give us hope and a future. And so when a man, particularly for a girl, an older man gives her acceptance or rejection, that is going to have a very deep impact on her self-esteem. So in the modeling industry, there, there were thousands of those people that said yay or nay, yay or nay with me all day. Well, that's exactly what's going on on Instagram with the girls. It's thousands, it's millions that, you know, only you only get four likes. You're like, you know, Mm. 
It's but, understanding that our prince is not a man. He's our heavenly father. Uh, that and that we are his princess. It's not about the man. And, and unfortunately, if I were to use you know Disney, Disney has set it up in a deceptive way. Um, and I don't know that that was intentional. Um, I don't know, <laughs> maybe. Um, but um, on another note, I won't go there. But you know, nonetheless, it still has caused some um, just distorted views, mm-hmm. right, in little girls. And so, what may have been touted to be a, a good thing. Uh, ended up destroying. Well, the right? longing, the longing to the be longing. loved, is something God placed inside of us. No doubt about that. Yeah, men and uh, women. Just, just looking for the wrong person to love us, I guess, unconditionally, and turning that shift over to Jesus uh, as our ultimate lover and approver. Uh, that would make a shift, I would think. So, take us back to your story, Jennifer. What, what happened when that turning point started to occur in the park when you got that Bible? Yeah, where did it go from there? Oh, well, it was, um, it was amazing. It was such a journey. And it, if I could just back up one moment, just because there's so many miracles and angels that, that, that stepped in my pathway. And really, it's a story of understanding how far God will go to mm-hmm. reach one girl. Yes, yes. And yes. how deeply we are loved. So he will go to the furthest, furthest, furthest stretches of the darkness, right? We know that even the scriptures say, Jesus says that the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for a pearl. And when he finds one, he'll sell everything he has to buy her or to buy that pearl. Well, where do you find a pearl? (laughs) You find them in the heart of darkness, clammed up, shut up, slimed over in the heart of darkness. And that's where I was. I, I I was clammed up. I was shut up. I was supposed to smile. I was supposed to look pretty. That was my job. If I tried to talk about it, I didn't tell my family what it was really like because I wanted the money and I wanted to keep going. Well, just to back up from the people at the park, I had an amazing encounter before that in Siena, a small town outside of Rome. I, because of my, I don't know, my anorexia, my acne, dark circles under my eyes. I don't know. I lost the, I lost the Armani jobs. Actually, I lost the Armani jobs in that case because I had gained four pounds. I gained four pounds. So I lost all of Armani's jobs. And so my agency didn't know what to do with me. And I gained four pounds because I'd gone home for Christmas. You had a meal. You ate the food. (laughs) My mom's like, mashed potatoes. (laughs) So, and you can't feed that from the outside in, but she didn't know any, she didn't know any better. And so I'd ate heartily really for the first time in a very long time and lost those jobs. So anyway, so I go off to Rome to do the second, the lower tier fashion shows in Rome. They're the second tier from the Milan shows. And I'm like, I just want to be a real girl for a day. And so I check into a youth hostel outside of Rome. Well, it was there that in Rome, I got everything stolen from me, Mm. um, except for my portfolio, my passport, but that was it. I got even the clothes, everything stolen. And I ended up in this hostel and I met this sweet Asian girl who started talking to me like, why are you traveling without a backpack? I'm like, well, (laughs) 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 but I wanted to see the country. I wanted to see something beautiful. They promised me if I went to Italy, it was going to be beautiful. And Mm. all I had seen was the inside of studios. So Mm. I wanted to see, I would go into the little churches in Rome and I would look at 
all of the depictions of Jesus. And I didn't know Jesus at all. I didn't know the angels. I prayed to tarot cards and to angels. Well, I got in a conversation about that with this girl. She asked me if I prayed and I said, yeah, you know, whatever and to these angels. And she said, no, you need to pray in the name of Jesus. And she first told me that. And I didn't believe her at all. I didn't accept it. And she told me because she saw how sick I was. And she said, when you're ready, um, I want you to call in the name of Jesus and he will, he will heal you. She was like an angel. And she said to me, and you should read the Bible. And I was like, oh yeah, I was a journalism major. I'll get to that. So then so that's in Milan. Yeah, that was in Milan, Italy. And then and then in Munich, Germany, there's these people handing out Bibles. So I was like, oh, yeah, I was supposed to read that. Well, the Bible's in German. <laughs> they get me. I'm like, what else is new? And, uh, and eventually they got me, they invited me to their church, those people on a Friday night. I remember they, 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 they prayed when they realized that I was alone in Europe and um, And of course, this is the days before cell phones. Like we didn't have all that. You know, I was truly alone in Europe. Like nobody and nobody ever knew where I was really. And, um, and they, they, they circled around me that night in the, in the, in the park. And I remember hearing them pray for me and the girl in Italy had prayed for me. And I, I'd never heard people pray, pray for me. Um, And I was so struck by that. And so I went to church with them on Friday night nothing else to do was very lonely and I loved it I didn't understand a word was all in German this little (laughs) tiny church but there was joy there and there was there was um compassion there and there was love there and it didn't matter what I looked like I mean people of all shapes sizes colors you know languages it made no difference how tall I was, my waist size, but they got to know me. They looked into my eyes. And um, after that, again, I did not know any other road but modeling. So I'm reading this little good news. They find me a little English version of the good news Bible, just starting with Matthew. So it's the new Testament they give me. And I'm reading that at home. I flush my drugs down the toilet. I start not drinking. I start paying attention. I'm reading about this wide and this narrow road and the wide road, you know, leads to destruction. The narrow road leads to life. And one day I'm walking into the center of Munich going to a modeling job. I have my portfolio in my hand and this man just stops me. And I'm, as I'm walking, I'm thinking, this is the wide road. This is the wide road. I'm on the wide road. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't have any trees. It doesn't like, I see all these people going in. We're all just going for one purpose into the center of Munich to make money. It's very depressing. Wow. And um, this man, this old gentleman with these like aquamarine sparkling eyes, he stopped me on the side of the road and He's, you know, I'm like, no speck and see Deutsch, which is not even how you say it. I don't speak German. <laughs> and I, I don't even know. And I'm like, almost Espanol. <laughs> so finally he realizes I speak English and he says, my dear, what are you doing here? And uh, we get into a conversation and he finds out that I am modeling there. And he tells me, turn around now mm. and go back the way you came. Mm. You cannot sell beauty. You will no longer sell your face. He said to me, you cannot sell your face. You cannot sell beauty. Turn around, go home, back to America, back to your family, where you belong. I have chills in my arms right now. 
Good. Yeah, yeah it was. Just, and he he convinced me. I mean, I was a stubborn girl who was going to make money, travel, <laughs> see the world, whatever, figure this out. I turned around and I remember I walked by this other model on my way back. And she goes, oh, I'm going to this casting. And I said, I'm not. And she said, why? I said, I just quit. And she goes, oh my gosh, I wish I could have the courage to do that. And there was something about it. He gave me this courage that I couldn't sell. All my life I'd been told I should sell my face. Kind of permission. Yeah. He gave me permission to say, I'm, you can't, you can't put a price on beauty. So, you know, again, I wrote a whole book about it, but the bottom line is I took that little good news Bible and, um, I fasted in the woods for about five days, read the sum of the new Testament was delivered from my eating disorder was delivered from the demonic forces in the woods, um, that, that had taken over, over my life. And I came home determined to write a book to help girls with, with the lies of the media and of image. It's and such, to help them understand that there's so much more than that. Yeah, you oh talk my about a yes. breakthrough. Like, I mean, huh? seriously, breakthrough after breakthrough. This was a God breakthrough. breakthrough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get excited because, I mean, yeah. I, I seriously get like goose mm-hmm. bumps on my um, arms hearing this because God was in every step of the way of mm-hmm. your journey. And it, it makes me think, it, those that are listening, never dismiss the opportunity to pray with a stranger or to say a word of encouragement or truth, because look what happens yeah. when you have the courage to just speak up and pray up. And so, yeah. Mm, just, you don't even have to be a little German man, uh, old no, man. No, you don't. To make with that aqua happen, you can speak. <laughs> <laughs> But the Germans do have an edge in that department, oh, I must say. German, Thank yeah, you okay. very much. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, a uh, couple of things strike me, Jennifer, in your story. Uh, one is, you said this earlier, the root cause of a lot of this um, not understanding where our acceptance is, is that... We just want to be loved, Mm -hmm. unconditionally loved. And that was so evident in your life. All the ways that you expressed uh, your desire to be loved were not panning out until you were confronted with the true lover. And the very fact that you had that in your heart and God sends to you, almost like he's on the hunt for you, he would not let you go, to prove to you who he is and how much he loves you. That's such a beautiful story, and I hope each one of us can take that to heart. Because if you've not experienced that, you need to. And if you have experienced that, just like Jennifer then was motivated, we have to give that to others. And oftentimes the only way God can communicate that love is through you, through real people. So true. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, it, yeah, it makes me think of the Temple Gate called Beautiful, which is so interesting that that's the name of the Temple Gate, you know, in Acts 3, that, you know, Peter and John are on their way to a prayer meeting. So you got Christians, you know, going somewhere, doing their thing, and they see this beggar uh, and they stop and they look into his eyes. And each one of these people stopped and they looked into my eyes. And they, the eyes are the windows of the soul. Mm -hmm. And, and they said, you know, it's like what Peter and John said to the beggar at the temple gate, you know, silver or gold, I do not have, because he's putting out his cup and thinking, fill my cup. And that's me. You know, it's like every time I went to, you know, smoke pot, it was like, fill my cup. Every time I went to another job to get someone's approval, oh, I'll get for this magazine, it's fill my cup, or I'll make more money. And that's how I'll fill my cup, or I'll see more places, I'll travel, I'll fill my cup. But these people didn't try to fill my cup. And even my, my blessed parents thought they would fill my cup by healing my skin or helping me put on some weight. You cannot heal these things from the outside in. 
they come only from the inside out. And so when these people looked into my soul and gave me the one thing that would truly heal me, which is Jesus, Mm. you know, now I, I'm like that, you know, the beggar went and told everybody in the, in the temple gates and told everybody the story. And that's kind of been the story of my life is that, um, people, people need to hear the story of how, how far Jesus will go to save you and how much he loves you. Mm. And I'm so grateful that you have written your story and you have done that in girl perfect. And and I believe you also have a, a like a Bible study with girl perfect too, as well. Right. Yeah. So I wrote girl perfect, uh, and it came out, it, we're at the 12th anniversary and it's still the Already? best selling book. Yeah. I know. I so can't even believe that Jennifer. <laughs> I know. Awesome. We've known each other for a long time. Oh. So, um, but after girl perfect, I got all these letters from women and girls that felt ugly. And, um, you know, we were talking about why did they feel that way? There was one in particular, that I really wrote the Bible study for, I usually write every book for one girl Mm. and in my mind. And this one girl, she was in Germany. She had a skin disease and her father told her that she was ugly. Well, in, in German, uh, ugly means hated, Mm. you know? Mm, And so the, the pain that this girl felt, you know, and when girl perfect first came out too, the first translation, because it's been translated into several languages, but the first one was Korean. And I asked the lady, why Korean? And she said, because all these Korean girls grow up with Barbie and they'll never look like her. Mm. Interesting. They want to get eyelid surgery and everything else. Mm. So when my book began to go into these different countries, and it has been translated also in German and gone back to Germany too, um, I began to find that there was such a longing to be healed among these girls. And just because I found Jesus doesn't mean I was completely healed. Mm -hmm. You know, I still had a journey to health and life and well-being. I would always have a temptation towards drugs and alcohol. I would always struggle with the mirror. Um, I've learned to back up away from the mirror further and further as I get older. That seems to help. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great. That's pra- what I do too. Very good practical trip. <laughs> what to, lines? Right, what do you mean? Just, what lines? <laughs> there you go. Just keep backing up, backing up. That's good. Um, but I would always, you know, I would always have the temptation to fall back into even, you know, eating things and stuff like that. And so it took time for me to really heal my body. And so I wrote the girl perfect study guide, uh, for those girls and for my own, it's really my own, and also my own journey to find healing and to begin to find fulfillment and that the living water of Jesus Christ could fill that cup and it would never run out. Mm. And there's no amount of likes or popularity on social media. No amount. Daddy says you're loved or, you know, loved is beautiful, right? That's what what we're taught. It's not true, but it's what we're taught in our brains that loved is beautiful, ugly is hated. And we have to break down and identify those lies that these girls believe. Or that if I found the perfect success story, I would be happy. I mean, how many of us know, you know, how many award-winning actresses they get the Oscar, but they lose their marriage. Mm-hmm. And I got the spot with, jo- with Georgia Armani, but I sold my soul. I was surrounded by skeletal girls who were starving themselves and desperate for attention. I mean, so 
I wrote the, the Girl Perfect Study Guide to break down those lies of image and success and money and body and drugs and even cutting and all the things that we end up doing and finding true fulfillment that Jesus can fill our cup and it, and it overflows and, you are and it doesn't ever run out. It's so true. I mean, it's just like the Samaritan woman, right? Um, you know, at the well, I am, I am living water and, and you will not thirst anymore. Well, I want some of that water. Yeah. How do I get this water? Yeah. This yeah. is how through Jesus. And so you are, your life has just been a beautiful example of how Jesus does heal and he restores and he redeems. And I, I think I say that a lot, uh, with the people that we interview, but I see that over and over again with these breakthroughs. That's what Jesus is doing. Mm-hmm. And I love that you're working, um, and you have a heart for young girls, um, so that they don't end up um, just floundering for however many years in their life without getting the true healing uh, and wholeness that they deserve. So, um, you are more has you are more dot org, which is you are like the letter R mm-hmm. more dot org, is is your mission. This is what you're doing now in helping young girls. Can you tell a little bit about that? Or did you want to say something first? Time? Uh, well, I, I was just going to say, <laughs> look, if, you, if you're a guy and you're thinking, oh, well, this doesn't really apply to me. I'm fine with the way I look, or I really don't care, all that other stuff. A lot of guys the that the reality is dysmorphia. there's a woman in your life, either your mother or your wife or a daughter yeah. or a Sister. coworker or somebody. And I think it would, it would do us well. In fact, we had a mandate that men need to really learn what women go through in particular mm-hmm. in that whole area. We maybe don't encounter quite as much. We have our own issues. But if there's a woman in your life, and especially dads uh, for daughters, man, to to instill in her, Jennifer, right, the, the right understanding of where your value lies. And dad, it isn't even in you. It's in her creator, her Jesus. So just talk for just a moment. I, I do That's want you to talk good, about your actually. website and all your materials, but just talk to a moment to a, to a dad or a husband who needs to start implanting those things in the woman in his life. Now, your words have so much power. And I don't think that boys even realize that because, you know, I did, this is interesting. I did an event one time with uh, all these young girls Um, It was up in Massachusetts and we had these mirrors at the front of the stage and that were laying on the ground. And throughout the conference, the girls were invited to come up and write their lies down on these mirrors, Mm -hmm. which we, we ended up crushing the mirrors at the end. It was really cool. But when, when I looked at everything that all of these girls had written, um, you know, Hispanic girls, African-American girls, white girls, skinny girls, larger girls, you know, the whole gamut. There were so many that said, you know, my dad said I was ugly mm-hmm. or, or my dad said I was stupid or my dad said I was fat. And, you know, there's so much power in speaking the opposite and mm-hmm. speaking the truth of their identity into them because then they, they rise to it. So, you know, I know a girl who lost 200 pounds and I asked her how she did it. And she said, I decided I was beautiful first. Yes. Oh, that's so good. And then I began to live it out. Mm-hmm. And when you speak, you are, you are beautiful. You are talented. You are gifted and you call out those gifts. Wow. You know, you're really good with people. Wow. They're interior gifts. 
wow, you're so good with children. Oh my goodness. You are, you are so smart. You're brilliant. You're so resilient. Yeah, that's so good. You're so resilient. And, and even with my own daughter, I began to learn this the hard way is that if I said things, you know, teenagers are selfish. You're so selfish. Well, guess what? She became more selfish. (laughs) But when I saw her give and the joy she got, I was like, duh, I know this. I'm, I'm, I know this. I study this. I study (laughs) identity and truth and what God says about us. It's like Gideon is hiding and scared. And and what does God say? You're mighty. You're a warrior, even though he's not acting like it. Right. So I began speaking that into her. You're so, you love to give, you know, you're really generous. And when I didn't think she was at all. And the truth is she becoming more and more and more generous yes. of a person all the time. So as you speak those truths of their identity, um, you're made in the image of God, your creation of God. Did you know the Bible says that you're God's workmanship? You're his handiwork. I don't care what those kids at school say. Mommy, so-and-so said I was fat. So what? I know what God says about you. He says you're his handiwork. He says that your body is a temple, the Holy Spirit. It's not a trash can. It's a temple. It's a holy place. That's why we eat healthy. That's why we exercise. That's why we don't do drugs. That's why we reject those things because our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And you teach them that their body is holy, then they don't give it away. Right. Mm. So good true. Words, good Life words, and death powerful. is in the power of the Amen. tongue. Amen. Yes. And we as adults, not just parents, but adults that will at one time or another be around someone younger, whether or not that it's a child or someone younger than us, we get to speak life mm-hmm. into their into their life. So yeah. that's so good. Um, so yeah, so now I want to tap into you are more.org because the mission that you're on is is just phenomenal. And I just see the ripple effect of your pain that has turned into a greater purpose. Mm. And it is just extending to all these girls that have felt lost and now they feel found in Christ because of your words and your teachings. And so can we talk a a little bit uh, about your mission and how people can be a part? Absolutely. Thank you so much. Uh, Just for having me on and for sharing uh, our passion and heart for women and girls. And Mm -hmm. so at You Are More, we believe that everyone has VIP status in the eyes of God. So they have value, identity, and purpose. So, you know, we teach, like, be a VIP. Real beauty is something that I I speak on and teach on because beauty is really behavior. Mm -hmm. And so that's, again, one of those lies that these girls believe is that it's only external. But the truth is we all know pretty girls that don't treat you well. And like girls that might be considered less attractive, who actually had the biggest impact on our lives, mm-hmm. you know? And so helping them understand real beauty, be a VIP, understand real beauty, understand your value, your identity, and your purpose in Christ. And so, and we do that also with boys as well. I'll speak to, you know, mixed audiences and teach them their value, identity, and purpose. Um, And I speak in schools and in prisons and recovery centers, and we provide uh, resources and events, live events uh, in, in, you know, towns big and small. 
<laughs> churches, big, big and small, public schools, private schools. Uh, I love to go into the recovery centers and gift the uh, the teenagers, if they're teenagers in recovery, with our books. So we'll typically, if we go into places like that, we'll infiltrate. Like if we go into a prison, we'll infiltrate them with my books on identity and Christ and like make sure that whole prison is left with a whole slew of books so we make sure everybody has access to those books and Bible studies. And we do the same thing in schools and uh, recovery centers. And uh, yeah, we're getting ready to put on a, a new event called the BU event. And we're planning to launch that this year, but I think it's been in pencil with due to you know, <laughs> circumstances. But in God's time, right. uh, we're going to, we're packaging, like doing our own packaged conference where churches and towns can bring us into their community and we can speak in the schools and again, um, the juvenile detention centers as well as the churches. And so we, we like to do it that way where we can invite us. So I'm very, I'm very evangelical. Um, I love to give the invitation for people to accept Jesus. Um, it's the thing that changed my life mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter if it's, um, I'm going to just, I don't know why I want to tell you this funny story, but I I was speaking at this huge fancy event one time in California. And I mean, these women just put on it to the nine. So, so fancy. And when it came time to give the invitation at this one particular event, many people had given their lives to Jesus at the, at the, I did three conferences. So at the other ones, but this one, this huge room, thousands of people, one woman in the far corner raised her hand. And I remember these, these little ladies came back and they said, how many, how many gave their lives to Jesus? And I was like, one. Mm. I was one, mm. you know? So we try to do everything we do. We do for the one. If we write a Bible study, we do it for the one. If we mm. produce a video series, we do it for the one. Mm-hmm. And at you are more, we have seen girls get delivered from pornography addiction, mm. just, just through my books alone. Um, we, we tackle in all of our materials, the inf- impact of the screen and the impact of media on the self-image identity and value of young women. So that's our passion. We are nonprofit and, you know, we absolutely appreciate every bit of support uh, that we get. So it's, um, yeah, it's been fun. Been a journey, and I highly recommend anyone listening to support you. I know we've supported you, and uh, just uh, appreciate your mission. And I I mean, we are of similar hearts, and so I I just appreciate you. And Uh, I love the VIP status because every time I see VIP from this point forward, I'm always going to think value, uh, identity, and purpose. Right? Because that's where it's at. That's so good. Well, before we wrap up, let's wrap up on something a little fun. Um, I mean, all of this is fun, but you know what I mean. Uh, Something a little different. Side note. What is um, kind of one little thing, and I know we do this often with our guests, what's kind of one thing that maybe people wouldn't know about you that might be unique or interesting or something that you'd like to share about Jennifer? I mean, we know you're married to a cowboy and you've got three beautiful children. You call them your cowboy. Um, But what's something really just outside the box that maybe we would never know about Jennifer? I mean, like a secret. Yes. So, So I make the very best spaghetti in the United States of America. Is that right? Okay. And you had the advantage. You were in Milan. <laughs> Florence. And I learned it. This is how actually how 
I healed also from the eating disorder is I stayed with a grandmother before I came home. I stayed with a grandmother in the South of Italy and she taught me how to make her sauce from scratch. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I taught my daughter. And uh, this is also how I got all the teenagers that wanted to go for fast food after cheerleading practice to come to my house because of my spaghetti. So I taught That's them a love awesome. for home cooking. So I'm famous for my spaghetti. Spaghetti awesome. and spaghetti sauce. Well, we, not, we might need that recipe, bottle it up, sell it. I well, don't you know. Must, you must be working it off too, because that's real carbo loading, uh, that, that whole thing. It, it is. It is. I know. You can actually just eat the sauce and you know. <laughs> just the meat the spoon so high protein. And we, do, we will put vegetables in it too. So that's awesome. You are amazing, Jennifer. Mm. Love you. Thank you so much. Bless you. And thank you for your time. And um, yeah, we will um, go ahead and post everything in the show notes, but we appreciate you and we're going to let you go for now. We're going to do a little wrap up, but uh, thank you for your time. Thank you so much. It was so fun being on with you guys. You're such a blessing. Keep on keeping on. I love the breakthrough. Hey, thanks, babe. Such a great topic. (laughs) More to come. That's right. I believe it. (laughs) Bye-bye. Wow. Okay. So she is something, right? Yeah, I, she's just refreshing. Uh, she's just uh, because real, she, authentic. That's the whole deal. Yeah. She she is beautiful outwardly, mm-hmm. but inwardly you can see. And she'd said earlier in her story that the healing had to take place on the inside first. Right. And how often do we try to fix everything from the outside in? Um, most the of the time, uh, Most right? of the time, it's what it's we true. can see, yeah, right? Exactly right. And but, so using our spiritual eyes and seeing mm. ourselves through God's eyes is mm. the answer. So yeah. um, for that self-worth self-love and just the the worthiness all together and yeah. and that um, we're not worthy and yet we are because of Jesus. Well that and message so, is so, so timely now. Yeah. In the light of the pressure that so many people mm. feel from social media and the demands social media puts on mm. you to look good in every area of your life yeah. and not to really be real. So thank you Jennifer for busting through that and bringing yes. us a message that really counts and really makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, what a great message. So thank you all for tuning in to Your Biggest Breakthrough. If you have a, a story or something to share, go to yourbiggestbreakthrough.com. Uh, give us a little comment and give us some shout outs if, uh, if you're up for it. But um, that's also a good place that you can download uh, your free starter kit. I know we're in the first part of 2021. You might be looking for a way to set up some new goals and maybe your own dreams and, and yeah, how that looks. make a breakthrough. So, and have a breakthrough. Yeah. So, all right, we'll catch you next time on uh, the podcast. Take care. Well, that's a wrap for today's show. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, we love spending time with you right here on Your Biggest Breakthrough Podcast. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode. But until then, just head on over to yourbiggestbreakthrough.com where you'll find some free resources and information and a place where you can comment. And we would love to dialogue with you there. Thanks so much for tuning in and we'll see you next time.